Hey yo, what's the word with your end of the week? The Chico Army recruits, but if you're new, you haven't earned your place, you're just a viewer of the tube. My name's Tyler, the host of the Crypto Channel. That's as mental as this mashup of actress Holly Earl and a special foe of hers. How it's going really well. It's really exciting because it's, um, it's my stage to play, so yeah. my first ever tech rehearsal, so yeah. Okay. It's really well. Is it all a bit mad or is it quite calm? It's a mixture. Yeah. It's calm when you're off. It's mad <laughs> when you're on. <laughs> but it's really fun having a blast. It's a mixture. It's a deep fake. It's time for Chico Crypto. Well, I'm sure you felt it, you saw it, and you heard it. The sentiment in the crypto markets turned extremely bearish. Fear took over, with many people asking, is it time to sell? The Crypto Fear and Greed Index has sharply turned from last month extremely greedy to fear. The cocky bears were all saying down, CME gap, 8K, 6K, and some even saying 3K again is imminent, which could make sense when you look at the interest across a majority of the crypto search terms compared with 2017 interest. It's clear the general public is nowhere near as interested and is actually back at lows. Search term Bitcoin, search term crypto, search term cryptocurrency, the only sector of crypto that has peaked past 2017 interest recently is DeFi. Now, some people will ask themselves, does that mean newbies are diving straight into DeFi? Well, no, not at all. Investment in crypto markets generally goes like this. First, you learn about Bitcoin. It's where new blood begins their journey. The next general step is going down the line to smart contracts. People begin to learn about Ethereum. Finally, the last step is altcoins and DeFi. Generally, not many people skip this line process and go straight into DeFi or altcoins, but the time it takes to go through the process, it varies. Those who joined back in the day before Ethereum was created, hard to swallow the pill and dive down the Ethereum and DeFi rabbit hole. Newer people go through the process much easier as they don't have much holding them back. So in 2017, we had a large influx of newbies, which inflated the supply of Bitcoin investors and faithfuls, those that joined the process. But Ethereum altcoins were making massive gains, so many went through the learning steps very quickly. Since they moved quick, the supply of Ethereum investors in that pool, it grew, but not as big as Bitcoin, but it did take some away from the Bitcoin pool. Same goes for altcoins and DeFi, not as big as Ethereum or Bitcoin's pool of people, but it did take some from both. Now, when the bear market took over and the price collapsed, we can see the interest on Google Trends collapsed as well. Thus, you can think of it like this. The valve of newbies was shut off to the Bitcoin pool, thus the Ethereum pool and the DeFi pool. And all were actually shrinking as people who were burned, many of them, they left, which creates a new pool. We will call it the burn pool off to the side. Now remember, I said the time it takes for a person to go through this process varies. Thus, if the newbie valve is shut off and time goes on, eventually there is a gradual transfer of people through the process, shrinking Bitcoin while Ethereum grows larger, shrinking Ethereum while DeFi grows larger. But then with each little hype cycle and pump with Bitcoin in between 2019 to today, it has reopened the newbie valve slightly each time as seen from the interest jumping around the same time as price increases. Each pool, they slightly grow. 
Although with each dump after these hype cycles, people get burned and more people are leaving than are coming in. Thus, the burn pool starts to grow faster than the others. But this burn pool is oh so important to the next run. They've gotten a taste of crypto, a bad taste, but a taste nonetheless. Many they bought at the tops, 20K, 14K, 12K. Some sold at a loss. Some are still holding, but have decided to forget about crypto. Now you see, once we get back to 12K, the newbie valve, it opens again plus another valve of investors ready to go full throttle and already through the process. The burn pool, it opens up a bit. And then once we get to 14K, the valve on both sides opens up more. And finally, if we get back to 20K, it gets turned on full blast from both. Now, remember how I showed DeFi is the only category on Google Trends since 2017 that has reached new all-time highs. That's because those that are left are moving quickly to the DeFi pool and through the process. Now, similar to 2017, when we reach those highs and the newbie valve opens, DeFi projects will see significant gains, like the 2017 ICOs. Thus, people will move through the process extremely quickly again because they want those gains. And the burned ones, they will jump right back into DeFi too. The DeFi bubble is going to be outstanding if Bitcoin runs. That is why we have been focusing on it so hard for so long, longer than any other popular crypto YouTube channel. But for Bitcoin to run again, it will need help from the outside. Pre-2017 peak 2016, what got the markets bubbling? The Ethereum ERC-20 contract. This is what pushed up the last run as it let people create an altcoin with just a simple smart contract and it was actually created in 2015. Vitalik proposed it in July of that year, calling for standardized contract APIs, and Fabian Vogelsteller took the call and created the code. Then he and Vitalik published and authored the standard in November of 2015. ICOs, they were ready to go, and they did go. As we can see in 2016, nothing in the beginning, but then the number of them grew each month to a total of 64 major ones in 2016, and a total of 100 $103 million raised, a massive number for back then. Now let's go to DeFi Pulse, which tracks a number of major DeFi protocols. I wonder how many are listed, the low 40s. Hmm, does that number seem similar to the 2016 and the ICO market? I wonder how much is locked up with those DeFi protocols. Nearly 10 billion. Seems like a massive number today. Right now, my feelings are that we are in 2016, the beginning. Smart contracts are being polished, which means DeFi, new token standards, NFTs are being primed and deployed for when the shack goes parabolic. Just like the ERC-20 token, an ICO process throughout 2016 was getting tinkered, toyed with, and ready to go. Although there's another thing which will have an effect, which just like once the party began in 2017 was the talk of the town and possibly contributed to the downfall then, that is scaling and transaction fees. Bitcoin fees in 2017, they rose throughout the year as more and more newbies flooded in and they got to unsustainable levels. Who wants to pay over 50 bucks for a transaction? Ethereum, it bubbled too, not nearly as high. It had a $4 and $5.50 average peaks. But as we can see, unlike Bitcoin, Ethereum fees have already surpassed the 2018 peak levels and by a lot.
And solving this is already the talk of the town, and Ethereum 2.0 news, which will trickle throughout the next year or so, is only going to keep the markets going. And I'm going to get into that in a bit. But first, a sponsored segment of this video, being sponsored by our friends over at TrustSwap. And like always, the full details of our agreement can be found in the description. So like I mentioned earlier, right now is the time smart contracts are being polished and deployed and TrustSwap is doing just that. They are evolving DeFi payment transactions, solving the problems with cryptocurrency and time-based payments like subscription models and more. This is from their smart contract as a service called Smart Locks. And essentially what these allow you to do is set some conditions on the way payments or money transfers are released. You can set these contracts to time release payments so that tokens are unlocked or sent with a certain schedule or when certain conditions are met. And I hope you understand the use cases of this. Automated employee payrolls, subscription models with crypto, token lockups for crypto projects and companies, instant gifts, will executions, and more. So like we love to do when there is a product, let's go use it. The smart locks. The interface and UI is clean. Easy connection to MetaMask and hardware wallets. As we can see, there is an option for single payments, multi-payments, a fee calculator, and a Your Payments Explorer. Let's set up a single payment. Once we are here and connected, it shows the escrow smart contracts address. And below, you get to choose the currency, Ethereum or an ERC20 token right now. Let's do ETH. You are taken next to the parameters for the smart lock, the payment amount, the beneficiary address who receives it, and the release date and time. Very simple. And after filling that in and clicking next, it shows you the fees. As we can see for using the contract, 0.01 of an ETH is taken from the one ETH transaction. Although if you pay with their swap token for the fees, it is cut by 50%. Finally, clicking through, you end up on the confirmation screen. And all you have to do is click submit. It's done and time-based ready to pay. Now let's go to multi-payment and set one up. And let's do it for an ERC20 token. For this, you just need to input the contract address of the token, the token symbol, and the number of decimal places for the token, which can all be found on the major explorers like Etherscan. Let's do ours for Chainlink. Copying the contract address from Etherscan and inputting it, it automatically fills in the rest. Very nice. Now the parameters for the multi-payment are the number of payments, amount for each payment, the beneficiary address, when the first payment starts, and the duration of each payment, daily, weekly, or monthly. And you guys, guess which Oracle is powering the price feeds for these smart locks? None other than that stanky Lank, as last week they announced a collaboration and integration. So, of course, having the most reliable and robust data price feed is an attractive thing, which attracts players to use your product. And that is exactly what is happening. HatchDAO, a sandbox for DAOs, use TrustSwap smart locks for their team shares of the tokens, meaning no rug pulls or funny business and giving the community HatchDAO's full faith in the token lockup investing schedule. Now, the final thing I want to cover is TrustSwap's coming product, which is competition to the Binance Launchpad, called the TrustSwap Launchpad, for new and exciting crypto projects, ones vetted by the TrustSwap team and the community, who will adhere to the smart lock technology and move through a process called a smart launch. 
And staking with the swap token with TrustSwap is how you get allocations to these launchpad projects. And the lottery tickets, the system, is based on NFTs, so a market can be built off that. And they are transferable, unlike the Binance launchpad tickets. So this is just the beginning for TrustSwap, as the tech now is built for Ethereum. But with smart wrap not too far off, all of this can be brought to any crypto token. Bitcoin, Monero, XRP, wrapping it up for payments, subscriptions, and more. Now back to Ethereum 2.0 and it moving the markets forward, slowly but surely over the next year. Evan Van Ness, a member of Consensus, tweeted this, some technical analysis. It appears possible that ETH may test a major line of resistance. What is that line of resistance? It now costs 10,000 USD to buy 32 ETH to stake when ETH2 goes live in a few weeks. A few weeks? The beacon chain goes live in the beginning of ETH2 begins in two weeks? Now that is big, my friends. Evan talks with the core devs more than you or I and would have a better idea of when it would go down. So I'm listening. Now Ethereum 2.0 is in the Medalla test stage right now. They're switching to the final multi-client testnet stage Spadina on September 29th before phase zero launch. How long will Spadina take? Well, a Danny Ryan developer put out a blog on the Ethereum blog site September 14th and gave an update. Badina will be a primarily mainnet configuration testnet with a three-day end of life. This means the beacon chain could be going live October 2nd, next week. And this is good. This is bullish for Ethereum. But as we know, this is just for staking and running parallel to the main chain, which will go on for some time throughout 2021. Smart contracts will still run on the proof of work main chain, meaning scaling will still suffer. What is Ethereum to do in the meantime, the interim? Well, old Vitalik told us recently, someone asked him what's wrong with XDAI in regards to scaling. Vitalik responded, XDAI is acceptable as an interim solution only. In the long run, it's still a POA chain, i.e. it's basically just a private consortium chain. So you'd want to migrate to a rollup. The best would be, of course, if XDAI itself migrates to being a rollup. He's speaking of optimistic rollups, which are getting close, but they aren't ready yet either. But I wonder if they are planning to do that, move to optimistic. Well, just last month when Vitalik was asked what other chain he would build on, he mentioned XDAI. And XDAI, they replied and said, we are happy to be a staging network with real economic value for dApps and ORL. We are committed to migrate to ETH2 as a shard or a state root snapshot when it's ready. So XDAI, if you don't know, you better know. Cheers, I'll see you next time.